In conclusion, this book, while excellent in its analysis of social history, but detailed enough so that more seasoned researchers will find I'm it. Robert Castanello. I'm the Vice President of Research and Publications at HNET, and this is the Art of the Review podcast. I'm Yelena Kalinsky, Managing Editor of HNET Reviews. And this is the podcast where we examine reviewing and criticism as an academic form. This podcast is brought to you by HNET and the University of Central Florida's Center for Humanities and Digital Research. Welcome to the Art of the Review podcast. Okay, on today's episode of the Art of the Review, we're going to look at the idea of professionalism, specifically how to professionally give constructive criticism. And all reviewing entities, all journals, and including HNET, who um, commission reviews, have a professionalism standard. They have a guideline that they wish reviewers would conform to in regards to professional um, behavior when it comes to criticizing uh, the work under review. And... um, Elaine, if you could, for our audience, could you read the professionalism standards from the HNET um, guideline page? Yeah, H, so HNET Reviews has a set of guidelines that we'll link to at the blog where you can read about HNET's uh, guidelines that are given to reviewers. And this is the clause about professionalism. You'll see that it's, it's fairly lengthy, but I'm going to read to you from it. Whether the evaluation of a work is favorable or unfavorable, reviewers should express criticism in courteous, temperate, and constructive terms. Reviewers are responsible for presenting a fair and balanced review and for treating authors with respect. Electronic communication is a hot medium in which intellectual exchange is too often lost to verbal conflict. As with all items posted to their networks, HNET editors will be responsible for maintaining a constructive review process and may ask reviewers to reword or rewrite sections of their reviews. HNET editors have the prerogative to refuse submissions. Now, Yelena, the thing you brought up to me was that you found that HNET standards in regards to professionalism were much more specific than other guidelines you had read. Yeah, so the AHR, for example, the American Historical Review, um, which is the the journal of the AHA, um, really only mentions ad hominem attacks, unsubstantiated um, accusations of plagiarism, libelous statements as ones that they uh, will take out or they'll ask reviewers to keep out of reviews, whereas HNET, the, the Guidelines for Professionalism, mention the tone of the review, they mention um, that HNET reviews come out in an electronic format, which people may not be used to as, as a place for measured and uh, temperate debate. So I found these guidelines for professionalism fairly prescriptive and uh, fairly substantial. And you had also showed me two reviews you thought were professional in tone that kind of achieved what HNET regards as the standard of constructive criticism. And we had brought those two reviews to our HNET copy editors, Bastian and Charlotte, who periodically come and join us on the podcast. That's right. Let's listen to our interview with Bastian and Charlotte right now. Okay. So in this segment, I wanted us to look specifically at a couple of reviews that, to my mind, 
achieve a way of criticizing constructively. So the first review that I want us to look at is a review by David Farber of Michael Kramer's The Republic of Rock, Music and Citizenship in the 60s Counterculture, published by Oxford in 2013 and recently reviewed on the network H1960s. The reason that I want to bring this review to your attention is that I think that the reviewer sets up a kind of historical problem or historiographical problem in the literature and then locates this book within that problem. What's interesting is that Farber does not think that Kramer solves the problem, but he does go on to point out a number of things that the book does well. And so I see this as a, as a constructive way of approaching this book. So let me quote from that review so we can get a sense of what I'm talking about here. So this is a book about the place of rock and roll and the counterculture in the 1960s. So Farber writes, the history of the American counterculture remains underdeveloped. Historiographically, the big questions, key debates, historical significance, and boundary issues that pertain to the counterculture remain hazy at best. Michael J. Kramer in The Republic of Rock, Music and Citizenship in the 60s Counterculture has not given us a big book on the making and meaning of the counterculture. He does provide a provocative, always smart, and well-grounded account of the role rock music played in the lived experience of the 60s era counterculture. So I'll end that quote there. So I wanted to hear, Basha, Charlotte, and Robert, what you guys thought of this review. This is Basha. I definitely agree with your assessment. And one of the things that I like about it is that even though he criticizes it for not being the book that he kind of wished it to be, he doesn't dwell on that criticism. He just moves on after he makes that statement. He then talks about what the book is and the importance of the book to the historiography. You know, I, this is Charlotte. Um, I, in fact, didn't even take that sentence as a criticism. He does talk about the literature on the counterculture being underdeveloped, but I think what he's saying is that this book is not that broad, synthetic, you know, book-to-end-all books on the counterculture, um, which I don't think really is a criticism because I don't think that's what the book intended to be. Instead, the book adopts a specific lens through which to view the counterculture, which is the lens of rock and roll music. So um, I'm not even sure that that's a criticism. It's just more a statement that this isn't, the big book on the counterculture that, that we've been waiting for. It just happens to be a smaller scale book that's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, I noticed the same thing that, that Charlotte did, and that that's sort of an interesting frame to say, well, this isn't the big book on, you know, so-and-so and such and such, because I think there's that tendency on the part of authors to kind of, um, you know, figure out, you know, no matter how broad or how narrow their scope is to to a project, you know, how is this going to communicate, you know, something universal, I guess, might be might be a good way to put it. And I think that, you know, that line about, you know, this isn't, this he hasn't given us the big book on the making and meaning of the counterculture kind of like, <laughs> I guess, says that if he was pursuing that goal, you know, he didn't achieve that goal. Well, this also raises the question of the, the role of the reviewer in this process. Um, what I appreciated mm -hmm. about this review is the way that Farber frames this book within larger 
uh, historical debates about the 60s and about the counterculture. And as he goes through, I mean, he begins by saying this is what the historical profession expects or is hoping for. That doesn't happen. Here are some other things that happen. But then he goes through in the whole review and compares the ways that other historians who have dealt with rock and roll in the 1960s and the counterculture, how they've dealt with it, and the ways that Kramer diverges from those accounts uh, in terms of you know, the role of drugs and psychedelics, um, the role of the hippies and Vietnam soldiers, uh, all these different things. So he, as a reviewer, intentionally follows the thread of the historiography while at the same time uh, dealing with Kramer's you know, own uh, arguments. So I want to move on to the second review that I chose for this segment. So I want to look at another review uh, in which the reviewer criticizes the author for not succeeding in the task that it itself uh, sets out. So the review is by Avery Plaw, and the book is Robert Farley's Grounded, The Case for Abolishing the United States Air Force. 2014, and this was reviewed in December of 2014 on the H. Diplo network. So in this review, this reviewer goes right in and says that Robert M. Farley's new book, Grounded, The Case for Abolishing the United States Air Force, is an interesting read worthy of attention, even if it does not convincingly establish its central claim that the U.S. Air Force should be eliminated and its assets distributed among the other two services, the U.S. Army and U.S. Navy. So just a very clear assessment of the book and a negative assessment. However, I thought that this review was still constructive because it argues that point convincingly, courteously, without really trying to blindsight the reader about what the book is doing. So what did you guys think of this review? Yeah, I agree. I thought it was very effective. Um, he proceeds to make his case for showing how the book doesn't achieve its thesis very methodically, point by point, and mm-hmm. just so politely. I mean, <laughs> you know, he includes um, a lot of praise in between his criticism or criticisms. Um, so yeah, I think it's a really good example of how to write a, I don't even know if I would call it a negative review. I mean, I suppose in, in some ways it is. He, he says several times this is a very worthwhile book and the author makes a very important and compelling point, which we should all listen to. So I mean, I think it's really a mixed review. But in terms of, you know, offering a model for how to critique a book, I think I think this is a really good one. Mm-hmm. I think Absolutely. what's interesting here, too, is is the idea that he's saying, you know, the, the thesis, I guess, falls short, right? But this is important because it's going to spawn this conversation that needs to take place, right? So right. he's sort of saying that this there's going to be exactly. some utility to this volume, even if the you know the main arguments may not be um, valid in this reviewer's opinion. Right, and so after he calls it weak, not convincing, that it falls short, it's not wholly persuasive, and he uses all sorts of terminology along those lines, the last sentence, um, so while I did not find the book wholly persuasive in establishing the case for abolishing the Air Force, I did find it making a powerful case for reform, which may gain a wider audience by invoking the idea of abolition. So it's still a very useful book because it it will force others to think about 
um, the problems that are inherent in the Air Force and ideas about how they can be fixed. So even though it's, it's you know, has this uh, underlying criticism, it's still positive in, in a lot of ways. So these are two really good examples of professionalism and of constructive criticism. So come find us on the show notes blog at HPodcasts where we'll post links to the HNET guidelines for review, as well as the HNET reviews mentioned in this episode. You can also share your reflections on the topic of professionalism on the show notes blog.